Next, let us discuss the different types of benchmarks used in surveying. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com and by AMS Travel Sales. AMS Travel Sales is proud to offer hosted geocaching tours and cruises. Join us as we hunt for geocaches on our travel adventures. And by JP's Geodesigns. JP's Geodesigns is one of the world's leading designers of geocoins. Contact them and get your next awesome geocoin design done. Check out their store and their website at jpsgeodesigns.com. Well, hey, everyone. It's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. You can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music, and next week we will have the Travel Bugs on the show. And our featured patrons tonight are Demon Hunter 2, Electric Waterboy, Aggie Jedi Master, and Taeus. Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, Nick at Cashley, One Kind Word, Butterfly Girl, Loon Trackers, the Aussie geocacher, and our new patrons, Little Black Dog, Irish Allen, CJ Hove, Lady Black Cat, and RAR285. If you'd like to become a patron, Head on over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the new blackout coins. Jesse's showing the blackout coin, maybe. There it is. There we go. Blackout Woo. coin. Woo. There you go. Blackout coin. Look, there's um, a number on the back. Oh, ha, yeah. Ha, look. Just kidding. Ha, ha, just kidding. <laughs> Fooled you. There is a number. Not for that one. Yeah, not that one. Um, uh, other geocaching items during the year. We're working on something for our ammo can level folks. Something different. Something different. We're working on that, and we'll have different things too during the year for other uh, of the levels. Um, support levels do start at the bison tube level, which is $3 a month. Lock and lock level is $5. And, of course, ammo can is $8, and the mythical golden ammo can is ten dollars i guess we don't we don't we don't have a category for we only got we only got a couple of those so they're the they're the very golden the golden ammo can group we'll have to create a name for that one or something jesse and patreon but there you go uh so let me welcome my co-host jesse good evening 
And let's it's jump- good evening for the middle of a long weekend, actually, for me. So. Oh, that's right. You got tomorrow off, yeah. huh? Oh, that's good. right. Good for you, man. I normally do, but I don't have it in my new job. So it's kind of weird that they don't have Martin Luther King Day off. So my wife does. So it's kind of odd. Anyway, uh, it, is odd. it is odd. Let's jump right into show 133 for uh, January 20th. We're going to update the notes here. Uh, as we welcome to the show, <laughs> Laura Cox, a.k.a. Perky, a.k.a. Hey Benchmark Blasters. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, Gary, can I just take a second and invite everyone to come and discover my daughter's discoverable Christmas tree? Yes. Right here. There it is. And we'll we'll show that maybe one more time during yep. the show. Yep, and while, while you're, D-E-Q. Yep, and while you're showing it, uh, why don't you explain why do you have a Christmas tree there, Perky? Well, this is the discoverable Christmas tree right here. Right. And uh, we were in the hospital with her one Christmas, and we didn't yep. have anything to do. And so I, I went down, I bought this very small little Christmas tree. It was the last one they had at Medical City. And then everything that we could steal, beg, borrow, and... and uh, <laughs> And otherwise, from the nurses, we use that to make our our Christmas ornaments for this. And she had a little Christmas cheer. Um, That's awesome. We were discharged the day after Christmas. And then we decided that we should just make this something that would bring a little joy to everybody. And so it's our discoverable Christmas tree. That's awesome. Yep. G-X-Y-D-E-Q. I like it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Perky. Um, Very cool. Um, all right, so let's jump in. We're going to do a little bit of news, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll jump into the show itself. So a couple of news items. One thing that I did mention is that um, the Travel Bugs, a.k.a. Steve Weeks, it's, it's just Steve, uh, he's, going to be on the show, <laughs> he's going to be on the show next Sunday. Uh, but he is uh, raising some money to go to the uh, Geocoin Fest uh, 2019 in um, England. Why am I drawing a Manchester? He's going to Manchester. <laughs> I had drew, drew a blank there for a second, but anyway. Um, and so there's a website you can go to. We'll mention it next week, obviously on the show, but if you want to go uh, donate, he's got some different cool items depending on what you're interested in, but um, it's uh, travel bug, travel forward slash, donate forward slash and that's the website to go to um to uh to donate to help steve get there and we'll talk about it more next week but i wanted to at least put that out there um next item is something that i had heard about and and um this is really joshua the geocaching vloggers idea we're all participating uh, as a, a group, uh, uh, the podcasters, the vloggers, and pretty much anybody who's interested can be uh, involved with um, the this week we've got going um, the uh, geocache appreciation week. Yeah. Geocache geocaching appreciation week. Um, mm-hmm. Hashtag I heart GCHQ. And there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, we've got in the show notes, snail mail. So if you want to actually pin a letter (laughs) 
to Groundspeak. Dear Groundspeak, thank you so much for everything. Uh, anyway, I've got that in there. I've got the actual address that you can mail mm-hmm. um, a little enveloped note to them or whatever you want to do. Send them a path tag. I don't know. Do whatever you, whatever you feel you want to do. I've also got an email form link. Uh, and I actually did this, Jesse, uh, yesterday. And I got a, re- I got a note back from Geocaching. Uh, HQ. I thought oh, that wow. was kind of funny because it's normally like where people go to complain <laughs> about mm-hmm. things. So I had to choose other and I had to kind of be the options aren't really there isn't a thank you. <laughs> option. Right. So I don't think they expect to get thank yous too often. What a shock. Yeah. So I got a note back from going, oh, thanks so much. And so and I've been putting a bunch of stuff on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed I put I put some on Instagram, and I've been putting stuff on Facebook. So uh, we're just encouraging people to show a little love to uh, GCHQ. So uh, anyway, please join in with that. And yeah, just next, a little fun. Yeah, fun way to say thank you. Yeah, a little thing to say. And if you want to go check out the vlog, the vlogs, the vlogs, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, there'll be more during the week, so they're kind of fun. I, I've been appreciating the, the vloggers putting that together and i appreciate joshua doing this this was a this was his idea so uh, we're definitely uh, willing to support him and uh, and all that so uh all right on to a weird story of a found gpsr yeah. well you just ruined the whole story oh i did okay <laughs> never mind what i said forget that uh We'll, we'll edit that out later, right? Um, <laughs> no, it's no, not. Yeah, buddy. so we, you know something has to be up if I have one of these. Yeah, which is a, uh, a GPS with me when I'm going geocaching. And took advantage of the long weekend yesterday and went up to Wyoming and cashing with some buddies. Got about 45 caches. And we get to a letterbox, and, and it was an actual letterbox, you know, like where it takes you to a GPS point. Then it gives you clues to, like, go to the next area in the next area or whatever, you know, uh, instead of just taking you straight to it. And uh, we had a couple DNFs during the day. We, we got 45 finds and mm-hmm. two or three DNFs and one that needed to be archived. And right. so all in all, we got a lot of caches that day, but this one hadn't been found since October. And we walk up to the cache and there was a, uh, this, uh, it's an Oregon 450. It was a GPS just laying there right next to the, to the cache container. Crazy. Face up wasn't messed up or anything and it's been out there since october so it's been wow. out there for three months um turns out uh the last cashier that had been there was the one that left it there i contacted him it's still fired up and still had battery and it had been out there for that long so i guess there is something to be said for a waterproof <laughs> non-battery hog device as opposed right. to a phone uh now granted even having said all that i'm still not gonna cash for the gps i'm only gonna cash with the phone but I was pretty impressed with the little device, and that is. it's actually a guy from down there in Texas. Yep. So, so um, I'm going to get that back to him or whatever, but he was quite shocked to find that after three months, somebody found his GPS and was going to send it back to him. So that was that was pretty neat. That but, is incredible. Um, and it, you know, capped off a good day. He was very excited. We, you know, used the geocaching feature where you, you know, message each other back and forth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but it capped off a pretty good day because we got to return a or re- getting to return a GPS to somebody. So, so that's always fun. That's, that's awesome. always a good, funny story. But, uh, yep. Yep. and then, uh, I didn't get the cash today go because I was doing some more work on the, the, the next book in the geocache, mm-hmm. uh, 
geocache mm-hmm. challenges. Cool. So we're not going to talk about that tonight. That's that's for another show. But yeah. um, no caches, just just writing today. So cool. Good weekend, all in all, though. That is. That's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy that that Oregon still fired up after three months. That's incredible. You could write us. You might. They might. Garmin may want to uh, to have you do a commercial. There you their, go for their Oregon. Uh, so they wouldn't have me in it if they've ever heard me talk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm I not a GPS cacher. <laughs> I can see you now in the commercial. I don't use these devices because I have a. But smart, I hear they're really good because <laughs> I have a smartphone. But if you don't want to do that, use the Oregon. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, right. All right. All right, well, we got a big show tonight. We got a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right into talking about benchmarks. And um, this kind of interesting, this kind of came about actually almost not quite a year ago. It's been a while back, but we met, Jesse and I actually met Perky in uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Denton. Um, And I, I think it was a person on the committee said, I might have been, I don't know if it was Electric Waterboy. I forget who it was, Perky. I don't remember. But anyway, somehow we got into a conversation about benchmarks and we're like, oh, it'd be awesome. We'd love to have you on the show. So here we go. We're on the, you're on the show. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We can talk about benchmarks. So um, um, you have found over 3,000, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Uh, and we're going to get into all the different types tonight. I was fascinated. Uh, we, we, we had a little, uh, test run on Friday and I was, and we've been talking off and on and I've been really fascinated to hear stories because, um, I had told, I told you Perky, the fact that when I think of a benchmark, my initial thought is, uh, it's the cop, it's the brass, I said copper, but it's brass, uh, disc in the ground, but there's so much more to it. And mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get into tonight. And I think it's fascinating, but, <clears throat> um, so if you were to Google benchmarks uh, and do some looking around, you do find out what the, some information. I didn't realize this. Uh, it says the term benchmark uh, originates from the chiseled horizontal marks that surveyors made in stone structures uh, uh, into which an I- angle iron could be placed to form a bench in quotes. In, in, for a leveling rod, thus ensuring that a leveling rod could be accurately repositioned in the same place in the future. These marks were usually indicated with a chiseled arrow below the horizontal line. And um, interesting. I guess that's how they kind of all started, right? That is. And they came from the uh, United Kingdom. And I'm going to draw one of those. Yeah. Draw a cross. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is this is this is called a crow's foot benchmark, mm-hmm. and there would be, and your survey point is that red dot there in the middle. Right, gotcha. Okay, and the crow's foot part of that refers to a government mark. Okay, okay. and then the then the line there is where you have the the bolt that you can stick your leveling rod on. Okay, that's your those are your early early ones over in the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. We uh, we actually do have four of these kinds of benchmarks in the United States. Oh, really? We're okay. And they are in Chandler, Arizona, on the <laughs> London Bridge. Oh, because yeah. They brought, they brought the London the... Bridge over, <laughs> That's and true. there are four of those. And they brought it over. That... Right. It's so, oh, wow. So 
can so you if you are a waymarker and you need a UK benchmark and you're not going to Ireland or Great Britain, <laughs> you, you can, can go, go to, to Arizona, Arizona and there they are. There you go. You can you can log a British waymark. I love yeah. it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's true. It's it, yeah. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, so um, and we're gonna. We're going to get to some things detailed, some things that are not. We're going to kind of just sort of go with the flow and we'll kind of kind of hit. We're going to hit a lot tonight, but um, and there's a lot more we could do. Maybe we'll do another show in the future. I we may even, come back. Yeah, um, we, could, we could do like a real detailed one sometime if 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 this goes really well and so forth. But uh, um, so I, I, one thing I, I thought was interesting, I was talking to my son about this today and he he kind of perked up. So I thought this was something um, that we, we could start with because I found these to be fascinating. And then we'll kind of go from there. And that is something you mentioned, which are crown stones. Um, let's talk for a moment, if we can, about crown stones. Oh, by the way, tonight we're also going to log a benchmark, in case you're wondering. Well, that's later on. We're going to log one so you can kind of know the process. Uh, in case you found one, you're like, I have no idea what to do with it now because I don't know how you log this thing uh, or other questions. And if you have questions, um, please link to the chat room. Um, if you go to Geocache Talk, you go below um, where you found the show. There is a link that says to the live chat room. If you click on it, you could join us in the live chat room and there's a conversation going on there. And if you have questions, Jesse and I are going to try to watch that and capture your questions for Perky and we'll go from there. But mm -hmm. let's talk a little about crown stones. Cause I found this interesting about Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon. Well, I was going to Philadelphia um, okay. for a conference and so I started looking around for some interesting benchmarks that I might be able to find mm -hmm. when I was up there. And the first one I'm finding, it said Maz Dix. Right. And I, as the monumenter, and it's like, who is that? Mason and Dixon. Okay, I'm going to find that one, right? <laughs> right. Because those are the most famous surveyors, you know, yeah, in the world. Absolutely. So I'm going to go find those. And uh, it turned out that the ones that I was wanting to look for were on the grounds of a uh, chemical plant. Mm -hmm. And so I had to call up there and, and kind of talk my way and charm my way with the <laughs> facilities guys who right. would allow me to come up and then would escort me inside this lockdown facility and go see these stones. Mm -hmm. um, I had never heard of them, but they are very well known and very well cared for uh, mm -hmm. up there along the Pennsylvania and Maryland line. Right. Um, they were set in 1765 by, you know, Mason and Dixon mm -hmm. to settle a boundary dispute between right. two very important families right. um, in the pre-colonial area, the Penn family of Pennsylvania, yep. and then Lord Baltimore and the Calvert family who had been awarded the colony of Maryland. Maryland right. They couldn't figure out where their lines were. And so that was <laughs> creating some tension. And these surveyors were sent over by the crown at the, at the request of the colonial governors of Pennsylvania and Maryland to right. set the boundary. Right. And what they did was they had they had granite regular arched rounded granite stones. Mm -hmm. And when they found their initial point on what they call the Delaware Arc, they found their mm -hmm. initial point 
and they set a crown stone there. And the crown stones are white and they're made out of marble. Yeah, I'm going to show um, one while you're talking about it, Perky. While you're yeah, I sent you a picture of one. Yeah, I've got, one, I've got a couple different kinds. So, yeah, go cool. ahead. And then on uh, one side, you have the... Um, I'll find it. Here it goes. Oh, here we go. Yeah. On yeah, one side, you have the coat of arms of the Penn family of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you have the coat of arms for the Calvert family. Right. And they'll say M and P for Maryland and Pennsylvania. So right. there, there is one. There's one. Mm-hmm. Okay, go down, and then that's that's the Calvert family. Oh, this one right here. This, they're sort of their coat of arms, kind of. Yeah. Right, and those are set every five miles, cool. and then in between are the rounded ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, here's one. No, this is marker fifty-five mm-hmm. near Hoax yeah. Road. So you can can and you can log these like. Uh, that you found this marker number 60 at Garrett road crownstone. You can mark, you can, uh, you can, because many of them now have been added to the national geodetic survey database. And so you can log those through geocaching.com. Okay. And, and find those. Okay. Uh, Yeah. They're really, really cool. And everybody up there knows what those are. There are a lot of them are on private property, and if you go and you ask the homeowner if you could please come, they will usually give you a, a historical sketch about it, and then they'll take you over there, or they'll just send you off with their kid to go find mm-hmm. it in the woods. Yeah, tell you know? tell that story because that's a funny story. So you actually well, had that happen. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I was driving around and I was looking for these stones, and I had been told about a really outstanding crown stone. Uh, and given the address for it. And so I show up and it's a farm and I, and I'm from Texas, right. And nobody knows me up there. And so I take out my Texas driver's license and I ring the doorbell and I've got hold up my driver's license, tell them why I'm there, that I would like to come see this crown stone. The lady kind of gives me this look and then she says, yeah, all right, Steve will take you over there. And she leans back. She's like, Stevie. And then here comes a five-year-old kid. And so he comes out and he's got his dog with him. And then we picked up a couple of barn cats and then we picked up the horses that were in the pasture and we're all trooping through the woods. And then he takes me straight to it. And and he knew, he knew a lot about it and was, uh, was talking about how his daddy kept, bring him over there and saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is on our land and this is important historically and you need to take <laughs> care of this when this is yours. Right. And uh, I'm trying awesome. not to have all the, you know, I'm trying to shoot the cats away so they're not in my right. picture. <laughs> right. <So> you're <laughs> to take a photo. Well, I mean, if they're pointed the right direction, right, if they're looking at me, they can be in the photo. Yeah, if exactly. If they're pointed the wrong direction <laughs> and they're looking that way. It's not really good for a photo. Right, exactly. So, right. So I thought, wow, you know, that was really awesome. And to and to hear that the dad was was passing mm-hmm. it down to his son. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So um, and we'll get into like I said, we'll, we'll talk about logging some of these things. So um, mm-hmm. now there are different different types. And that's the thing I think will be inter- interesting. We'll talk about uh, and that is go, go ahead. You got something, Jesse? Yeah, so before we get to the different types, and uh, I find something very interesting, and I, I want to ask one because we always ask this question about how do you get into geocaching, mm-hmm. but I'd like to know how you got into benchmarking because I noticed you found more benchmarks than geocaches. Yes, it's almost the exact same, but you have actually found more benchmarks. <laughs> so, how, what got you? What kind of grabbed you? 
because you're obviously a geocacher first. My and then you got into benchmarking, right? Yeah, um, he he wanted to go ah. geocaching when when I had little bitty babies. And so I was, it was not on board with that. I'm not going to take little bitty babies who are not on the potty around you know, looking for stuff. <laughs> and later I had little girls that would fight over, you know, what they found in those ammo cans and, and one that would put things in her mouth and swallow them. So mm-hmm. we're not going to cash. And so Steve says, well, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's, we'll look for benchmarks and we can do that while we're caching. Ah, there you go. That worked. <laughs> you know, that really worked because yeah. I really was interested in the historical aspect of benchmarks. Yeah. And so the first benchmark we found was uh, M246 in Fort Worth, which mm-hmm. was on a um, right behind the Union Depot on this on this concrete box that's just sort of out you know why and then we go back and we look on the data sheet Mm -hmm. and it turns out that's an old uh pedestrian subway from the 20s that has now been yeah i know that and so that's that that benchmark is right there on that thing and that was something that the girls could find that Mm -hmm. did not have poison ivy right (laughs) black widows barbed wire fire ants and things that you can swallow out of the ammo can right that's that's very true that makes a lot of sense it is awesome yeah um yeah so uh you know that's a good example of something that people can do or they can and i think this is something that really can couple with your geocaching searches. And this is something that I've, that Susan and I have done. We did this uh, when we were in uh, Kansas, when we were at the, at MOGA, which was to find a, a benchmark because we were doing all these other things. We're mm-hmm. trying to, a lot of, we're doing a lot of cash types. We've talked about this before. And so mm-hmm. uh, we did a waymark, which someday I guess we need to do a waymark show. And we've also, oh, I can help you with that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's done a lot of waymarks. Yeah. And, um, how many? 15? Over fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Wow. Oh my gosh. We may have to have a. We may have we have to have Perky on for the Waymark blasters too. See, so, so you get. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's interesting. And, and Jesse, you had a different experience in that. Uh, you had a challenge that you had to be you, you wanted to do. Yeah, and some people in the chat room are talking about there's some challenges in their area for benchmarks, which you okay. can't do anymore, unfortunately. Right. Um, it's old style. The ones that are out there are still there. They're going to stay there, but the you can't make a challenge for a benchmark anymore. Um, but yeah, challenge is what got me into it, and I think we mm-hmm. had one in our, in our area that said you had to find, I don't know, it was like 250 benchmarks for the challenge. Um and you can't just let a challenge sit out there and not do it. So I was like, well, what the crap is this? Let me go find a <laughs> right. benchmark and see what this is. So, uh, yeah, 250 later and I could go sign, you know, I could go do the challenge, but, right. um, otherwise I probably never would have gotten into it at all. Right. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people don't even see these things. They've lived in their cities and they've walked past them 10,000 times mm-hmm. and they, they, they are just part of the landscape and they don't even notice that there's a brass disc, you know, on the front of the depot, Right. They just walk by it and, and they never stop to think about what, you know, what the import of that was. Yeah. In right. Fact, and for the numbers, people, it doesn't count in your geocaching total. However, it does keep up with it on your geocaching cache page. So, I mean, does, you can tell yeah. when you pull up your geocaches, it, it keeps a running total of them there, too. So, yeah, yeah. it doesn't read your 
total number, but it does keep up with them. So yeah, and you can a- log most of your benchmarks on the geocaching, just not the ones that have been monumented within about the last fifteen years. Right. Yeah. Because because the they're they're, and that's something we really maybe could really push for with geocaching.com is if they just did a refresh of the database, they'd add all those back in, right, Perky? The benchmark hunters have been working on that for a long time. And, but, you know, we refer to ourselves as the bastard stepchildren. I hope I can say that on the podcast. Right. Um, and, then, and then the waymarkers say, well, wait a minute, what about us? We're worse than yeah. you. Right. We're right. um, but, you know, you used to be able to log a benchmark straight from the geocaching homepage, and then they moved us down to the bottom, and now you kind of have to back in the, the, yeah. the walkway. Yeah, yeah. So we're losing our visibility, but the benchmarking community is kind of small, but pretty passionate. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that when a geocacher finds a benchmark, they're really excited about it. They're like, oh, cool. I didn't know right. I could this too. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. And yeah. every time I see those guys, I want to say, waymarking, come look at us too. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, well, so, yeah. it's, it's funny. Somebody mentioned, uh, Coon and Bud mentioned he has an FTF on a benchmark. Awesome. Quite possible, right? There's a lot of them that well, have never been discovered at all. Berkey's got a I bunch of FTFs. Yeah, I have a lot of FTFs, and uh, yeah, it is because they haven't they have they've been discovered, but not on the geocaching side. So you'll yep. see you'll see when you look at the data sheets that you know all the times that they have been reported to the government that's been found. Mm-hmm. And of course, benchmarks here um, are used every day all the time by surveyors. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, you can say, hey, I'm FTF on this benchmark because you're the first guy that, that typed it on the geocache page. And, and that's an F, that's an FTF. Then you earned it, buddy. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. hey, so show show a couple that you actually have with you um, and tell us why you even have them, if you would. OK, well, here's the first one. This this one, um, my husband uh, got this one from Raytheon. This was on a, a concrete post like you were talking about, Gary. Mm-hmm. This was under the old um, water tower at Raytheon. Mm-hmm. And that tower had to come down to ha- accom- uh, accommodate some construction. Right. And so when they did, you dig up the benchmark. This benchmark was destroyed. Right. right. And the, the government just gave it to, you know, the guy at Raytheon said, yeah, if you want it, you can have it. Mm-hmm. And he put it on his wall. And then when Steve Cox is working there, Steve's like, hey, dude, right? When you retire, <laughs> I, want you know, I want it. And sure enough, he retired and now it's hanging in my bedroom wall. That's awesome. Yep. And the, what they did was they, they took this benchmark, destroyed it, and right. then they, they moved it. And, and they made a new one, and it's called the the new one is B one eighty four reset, and that was in front of the Raytheon oh, building okay. there for another forty fifty years, and now B one eighty four reset has been destroyed because all of the Raytheon buildings were taken down and, mm-hmm. and redeveloped. Now, when they do that, Perky, do they if they've destroyed it now twice, will they just remonument it again? Do you think or? Only if that survey point would be necessary. Right. If it's necessary, they what they probably won't. Um, and we and we can get into that. Yeah. Um, um, the we'll survey is changing. Yeah, that's right? yeah, that's interesting. We'll talk we'll talk about that in a few minutes of what yeah. what they're currently doing. But you've got another one, so tell us about the next one you got. The next one I have this it's this one, and you can't really read it. 
but um, this is what they, this also was on a concrete step of a courthouse in Oklahoma. And mm -hmm. so it would have been flat, but you right. can see the stem of it that would have gone into the steps. And the, right. the day we were up there, they were taking out the steps and then busting it up. And, and so I asked, could I have that benchmark? And, you know, and then the guy gave it to me in a huge chunk of concrete. Right. So how far now, down do you think that, that original spot, that original spike would have gone. Do you think? What, what do you Probably feel like? About this far. Okay. All right. That's really good to not know. That, not that long. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you something else. The difference between these two is very subtle. Okay. Most benchmarks only um, are um, horizontal control. Only oh. offer horizontal control. And what that means is that it's flat. So these benchmarks like this are mm. only all they have is a set latitude and longitude. Okay. Okay. But some benchmarks are also vertical control marks. Oh, okay. And those benchmarks will have latitude and longitude, but it will also have elevation above sea level. Oh, and cool. you can't really see that really well here on this one, I don't mm -hmm. think. I'm trying to hold it still. That's pretty but good. But if, if you look like if you look right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah can, I can see it. Elevation, 626. Uh, two. 526? Five, two, yes. 526. Point two three two three three above mean sea level. Oh yeah, feet above sea level. Cool. That's yeah, right. Yeah, cool. so that'll tell you that right there at that step, that's five hundred and twenty-three feet above sea level, and that's that's important for maths. Yeah, we <laughs> Perky and I have talked about this before too. It's like we're just gonna call we're just gonna say it's math, and that's as far <laughs> as we're gonna go with it. That's right. It's so, about it's about geoid height. It's about you use trigonometry yeah. and 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 you know an angle of declinations and all kinds of stuff, and oh, it just kind of makes my head explode. Right, me too. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what I know. Um, but I will tell you that if you want to get started in benchmark hunting, I mean, really, the easiest way to get started in it. Is is when you're driving through a small town, mm -hmm. if you see one of those 1920s 10-man tanks, mm -hmm. just take a picture of it because nine times out of ten, that thing is going to be what's called an intersection station. Right. And if you can convince your other or person who's driving to go check the right. – um, yeah, go check the legs uh, that the ta the tank is on in right. the southwest and northeast corner, and it'll have a benchmark on it. Oh, wow, because yeah. The benchmark would give you one point, you find another point, and then you can you can triangulate for that intersection station. Right. And then go from there and know where that is. Now, so, hmm. uh, intersection stations, they're not making new ones, right? And they're pretty much all going away? Well, they're, they're still out there. You can okay. still use them. Okay. Um, they don't they don't purge them from databases, but they don't want you to let them know that they're still there anymore. Okay. Um, so church steeples would be an, mm -hmm. uh, an example example oh, of an intersection right. station. Cool. Uh, television towers, radio towers, anything that's tall and that you can see from a long distance. Oh, okay. Is an inter is going to be an intersection station. So when I see uh, tower farms, I always take pictures, and sometimes there's going to be three or four benchmarks up there mm, okay and the benchmarks are going to be the tops of the of the towers or it'll be the base you know it'll, it'll tell you where that is okay but those are what i call my cheap and easy finds <laughs> there you go yeah because that there it is so yeah that's benchmarking in the air conditioning y'all <laughs> right, there you that's go right. From, uh, in my little town it's uh, <laughs> go ahead, uh smoke tech uh smokestack towers 
One of them in my town is actually a benchmark. So you can see it from yeah. like everywhere in town. Mm -hmm. Chimneys, hospital chimneys, school chimneys, university mm -hmm. chimneys, smokestacks uh, from about the turn of the century, 18, 1890s. Um, you know, yeah, all those cool. all those old things that stick up. Cool. Those are intersection stations. Navigation lights if you are down on the coast. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good that'd be a good point too. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's let's log one. So Jesse Jesse found one. To, so Jesse, can I tell the story? Yeah. Okay. Kind of go from so there? we were at Cashin uh, Saturday, and <laughs> it's actually went to a cache that I'd already found, but uh, not on accident, actually on purpose. And uh, but it was right at the Wyoming Colorado border. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were taking somebody, a brand new cashier out there, and we just happened to, you know, the, one of the, remember there's a benchmark there. Mm -hmm. It had the little yellow or whatever it is, that orange You're stick in the ground. Benchmark. Survey I'm marker talking. or whatever it's, yeah. yeah. I know exactly um, which one you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, we went there and we, you know, we uh, saw the benchmark. We're like, hey, take your picture with this and we'll explain it to you later what it is or whatever. But I haven't logged it. And, uh, I thought, okay, so I don't know what it is or anything else like that. Um, how do I? How would I go about logging that benchmark? So, well, do you want to share your screen, Jesse, and we'll let Perky kind yeah, of walk I can do you that. through it. So let's see. Perky, will let you. We're gonna let you walk him through it, and we're gonna show his screen so that people can then follow along as well as we go through the process. So, okay. Here we so go. here's me. I'm on the front screen. Yep. Okay. I think the easiest way to get to the benchmark page is going to be to um, go to the cache page. Okay. Let me type that in. So this was was called My Stash. It's right there at the border, GC5QQ1C. Okay. All right. Remember I told you you kind of have to go kind of you kind of have to back into the benchmarks. So you see mm -hmm. that there's all near find all nearby benchmarks. Uh-huh. You're I'll on, click on that. Not the two, I was I found the one on the 287. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. So you're on the I25? Yep, this is on I25. Okay. So here are your Benchmarks, benchmarks the three closest ones okay mm -hmm. now yeah you notice that there's a thing called a pid that is okay the, right here that is the unique identifier for that benchmark in the government database okay mm -hmm. and then you see the the that's distance right that's that's distance to the cache and then your mm -hmm. designation here is the name of the benchmark that is that is on stamped on the disc okay so okay. The, this disc here this would be uh, that i have it the designation is b184 right so if your benchmark that you found is mm -hmm. on the national geodetic survey database then it's going to be right mm -hmm. there but if it is so state this number here the pid number is going to be on stamped on that benchmark no, that is not on there, but the designation would be. Would be. Okay, okay gotcha. So, so, in this, so this first one here, the SW16117? Yes. So you okay. might want to go take a look at that one. Now, my suspicion is, since it's four-tenths of a mile north of the cache, my mm -hmm. suspicion is that your benchmark is not going to be on the National Geodetic Survey database. 
Okay, so let's go down and take a look at it. Okay. Now here is a. Oh, is, oh, is this up there? Oh, this is up there. At the, is this at the Terry Bison Ranch? Uh, it's right along the highway where the state sign is. Okay. Where it says "Welcome to Colorado" when you're coming back in from Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Um. Go take a look and see. He's got some pictures. Go down there and see if that's your pick. If that's okay. your benchmark. Uh, this is Bison Ranch here. Is that what it looks like? Now, that is not what it looked like. See, well, there are there are a lot of different kinds of benchmarks. But you've already what? logged that one, Jesse. This is one you haven't logged yet, right? This but is one you, I haven't logged. No, no, this is somebody else's picture here. That was King yeah. Tiger found that one. Oh, but I'm saying if you go back a page, doesn't it show the ones that you found? Um, yep, if you go back a page. so see, It shows that you're... I didn't you're, find those, did I? Oh, but it says the late. Oh, so that's not your yeah, smiley face. It was found on six twenty nine of fifteen. Oh, okay, that, but not that, by me. So the last person shows, who found it was okay. a buddy of mine, actually. But, I got you. Okay, so the, the but least, I can go down here and I can look with these. See, I don't. And think that'll give your me some. Mark is on the National Geodetic Survey database. Oh, okay. No, because it definitely wasn't point four miles away from the benchmark. It was about fifty feet away from the benchmark. From the cache, you mean? From the cash. Oh man, that's that's a neat looking one though. Yeah, that's a cool. I'm have to go one. back up there and find that one. Now, cities do benchmarks. Okay, state highway departments mm -hmm. do benchmarks. They they put benchmarks along the right of way. They mm -hmm. um, counties, you know, and mm -hmm. not all of those different survey desks that are important for local reasons make it into the national geodetic database. Okay. Cool. So you may you may have a benchmark that you cannot log on geocaching, but you could still uh, create a waymark out of it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so just because it's on the national geodetic or on the national database site doesn't mean it's going to be in geocaching either, right? Because they scraped it for a while, but they didn't get everything, did they? Well, that's uh, I think the geocaching database took every national database benchmark from 2003 and so mm -hmm. if the uh if the mark has been set within the last 15 years it's not going to be on there and uh there are a lot of new benchmarks now that are what they call continuing continuous operating stations cores stations okay mm -hmm. that's just a, an antenna that just beeps out its latitude and longitude all the time and those are NGS benchmarks, and they are not loggable. I'm oh, sorry. I okay. Wait, here's yeah. the show it again. Show it again, Jesse. Yeah, I was trying to flip it around. See if it'll show there. Oh, it keeps flipping. That's okay. That's yeah. the one you found. That's terrible. Okay. That was it on the ground anyway. It was yeah. still concrete around a benchmark, but that's not a close-up photo. So That's yeah. okay. So, um, all right. So, other than doing what we did, mm -hmm. um. I do want to talk about uh, uh, Perky a couple other websites, which I think are incredibly helpful for people because I think the the key is the, the the way we just showed it is a way that most people can find a benchmark. But on the geocaching database, right? Right. But I'm wondering if let's let's talk about this other website, and I'm going to bring it up on my page and have you talk about it too, because I find this to be another, if you really want to kind of get into this a little bit more um, and you want to kind of do it, instead of finding the benchmark 
based on where the geocache is, mm-hmm. you could kind of do it. If you want to just going to search for a benchmark, you could also use this other website. And so I'm going to pull it up and Perky, if you would kind of walk us through the scaredy cat films. I was going to say, let me, let me, let me talk to you a little bit about okay. you know, Steve Cox does whatever it is that he does when he's putting his cash list together. Right. Okay. Sure. This is that then, first. And then my job is to figure out what benchmarks I want to find. Okay. So all I need to know is where am I going to be? Right. And then I look at the scaredycatfilms.com benchmark viewer. Right. And you're going to bring that up. And yeah, then I I'll can bring it up. see where all of those benchmarks are around where I'm going to be. And the great thing about that um, website is that it will show you which benchmarks have been found and which have not been found. And you can click on... Mm-hmm. the data sheet link and you can also see if anyone has found it on geocaching right so we were talking about this one yesterday this is this is my hometown here in hunt mm-hmm. county and we were talking about this particular one yeah uh, dn0097 that one yeah 16a, 16A. see dn0097 that is the pid okay mm-hmm. right 16a is the designation for it which is its name okay gotcha the DNO seven, that's its that's its ID number. That's its driving license number, right? Right. And then sixteen A is its name. Right. Uh, and then it shows its last activity was in two thousand nine. Um, recovered good. Marked good by looks like a geocacher, which we know. Yeah. Who we would who it, would be out doing we, that? We know and love. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll get to in a second. And there's a couple other things on this page that I think are interesting. Um, there's the NGS data sheet, and there's the geocache page. So where do you want to where do you want to go first, Perky? Do you want to go to the geocache page and then come back let's to the data go, sheet? Let's go to the geocaching page first, and then we okay. can or, or yeah, and then we can come back and talk about the data sheet. Okay. So here's so a. This page. takes you straight to the geocaching website. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can log it right there. That's right. Yeah, so you would log, you would go here. I'm not going to log it, but you get the idea. And then you would log this as a found, did not find. You can mark it destroyed if, I guess, if you feel comfortable that you really feel like it's not there, right, Perky? Yeah, I, I mark mine destroyed when I know they're gone, right? When right. you go to the radio tower and there is an apartment building on it, this is destroyed, right? Right. If, right. if I just think I didn't find it, I'll either write a note or I'll say, you know, sorry, the benchmark blasters, you know, whipped on this one. There's no right. joy for us today. Now, I think this is a good time to mention and have you tell your story about the fact that sometimes benchmarks are buried. Yes. Because over time, they might have been buried. So t- tell the story, if you will, about we'll come back here in a second. Let me stop sharing for a second. So tell the story, if you will, about um, you Finding your buried, finding your buried benchmark with a with a rod uh, in your, in the ground and all that. Well, you know we uh, we're benchmark hunters, and so we travel along with our caching stuff, our first aid kits, and all that stuff, and then our benchmark hunting stuff, which is a little a garden trawl and an eighteen inch long, heavy duty you know a screwdriver. Yeah. Also, you know something to scrub with and a little little bunch of water so that we can dig up and mm-hmm. so we were looking for uh, Horton magnetic which was a magnetic benchmark disc 
in the um, in the courthouse lawn there in downtown Horton. Yeah. And we had found the um, two reference marks, but the station itself was not around. And a lot of times those magnetics would have been buried. But, you know, it's like, you know, why is that not here? And it's like, let's just let's just see. And so we we walked it off. And I took my uh, I took my uh, screwdriver and I went straight down (laughs) and it went pow and and I went that is a benchmark. And so we dug it out. You know, we dug down. It was about six inches deep. We're, you know, taking all the dirt out and, you know, cleaning it up and took a picture of it and tried to take several pictures of it. Because when we Mm -hmm. find a benchmark like that that's buried, it's usually been lost for decades. Right. And we try then to go and call the county surveyors and say, hi, guess what? We found a benchmark and you probably didn't know it was there. (laughs) Right. And uh, a guy was really excited (laughs) when we called him and we said, look at our page, look at geocaching.com. And there's all our pictures for Horton Magnetic showing you where it is in relation to the statue in the corner. We we never found that. (laughs) Yeah. And when we, when we dug one up in Jeff Davis County, the, the guy was so excited that we uh, that he he slapped a witness post on that thing a couple of weeks later, and then three years later when we were driving back through there, it's like, oh look, look you know? so, so a witness That's post, crazy. a witness post is a, it's just a it's just a a, a, a basically a a, po, a poll with a note on it, basically saying this is where the. Or what is a witness post, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, modern witness posts are uh, orange ca- carcinite. Okay. And it'll say, do not disturb survey marker, and they're, you know, they're four oh, okay. feet. So you cool. can see them. But the old-style survey uh, w- monument or witness posts were, um, they were short metal signs. And they were oh, maybe okay. a foot tall or two feet tall. And it would say, please mm-hmm. do not disturb nearby survey marker. Right. And so you've got to find that and the thing might be buried. And so you've got to kind of walk around with your little feet and, and you know, and your stick and, you know, tink. Right. And so let me just, you know, a lot of times those kinds of survey markers are in fence lines along mm-hmm. right of ways of highways. Oh, okay. And Gary, we live in Texas. Yes, we do. So what hangs out? In your fence lines, right? All kinds of little things Every, that you don't necessarily want to mess ev- with. Everything. Everything that will scare the snot out of you and yeah, put you exactly. in the And so, oh, I, f- I found one by the way. Let me let me show people real quick. I don't want to want to get those too- little metal ones are still out there. I've come across the little witness post metal signs too. Yeah, here's all one. Right, by they the were way. all set up like in the fifties and sixties, and that's the modern one. Here's one. That's the modern one. Yeah, so there's the I law. Uh, I should just here we go. There, there we go. This one right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the modern one. Yeah, and you can and since it's got the Noah on it, you can mm-hmm. you know that that one's going to be on the net. See, it says right to to the director of the National Geodetic Survey. Right. You know that's going to be an NGS benchmark right there. Right here we go. Yep. Okay, so that's a good witness. So if you see that, then you know that's a witness witness post. And there's a benchmark mm-hmm. there, and you're going to be able to log it on the geocaching website. Right. We just post. Nice. Please don't disturb. And those are all over the place. Yes, they are. Or and if you find one like Perky did, they'll put one there for you. <laughs> that's right. They'll put one there later. And it's just like, hey, this you know, this thing is about, you know, eight inches underground there in, in yeah. uh, Davis County. So there it is. Perky, you mentioned your pictures that you showed that guy. Um, do you have a standard when you're logging something? Do you just put thanks for the ben- TFTBM or <laughs> do you, uh, or do you put pictures or what do you do? 
Well, it kind of depends. If it's something that everybody else has found, it's like, yeah, found it, right? If, you know, and but I'm looking at the other logs. The other logs have good pictures. They have maybe extra coordinates. And it's like, I don't need to do all that, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm FTF, it's like, hey, this is this is this is where I am. This is this. Here's the picture from this direction. Here's one really close up on the benchmark. All these different directions and where you can see the buildings in the background, um, and talk a little bit about how we found it and where exactly it is. Because sometimes the data sheets are not right. It'll say it's on the northwest corner and it's not. It's on the southeast. Or, you know, we found lots of uh, lots of discrepancies in those uh, data sheets before. Yeah. So why are those so far off? Is it just because of time or did surveyors used to drink a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because you've got surveyors who are out there and they're putting out, you know, 10 or 15 benchmarks a day every day. And, and it's easy to make those typos. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Here, here's what we were talking about earlier. The, um, the DN0097, if you go down and you look, uh, all these different people found them. Hey, a lot of, a lot of, a lot, of my, a lot of friends. Kid Wrangler, Terraviators. Yeah, all, my, all my buddies. I know all I these know. guys. You know all these people. Kid Wrangler, Brass Rose. Uh, well, who was FTF on this one, Gary? Uh, I don't know. Quadra. It should have been me, right? I think I'm FTF. Let me take a look down here. Oh, nope. Oh, Bismarck Blasters. Well, yeah. hell, they're everywhere. <laughs> FTF, another cool one, is a benchmark hunting town. Greenville Rocks, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. She, you had good notes here. Um, this is a a deeply chiseled cross on the stone railing railing on the south side. So you good eighteen ninety seven MKTRR. The Missouri, Kansas and Texas Railroad. Yes. It's our de the depot we have downtown here. Depot. And if you're in there and you look down the street, there's a there's a bolt uh, on a, on the building just across the street and kind of a little bit ways it down. That's your benchmark right there, a chiseled cross. Isn't that cool, that, Jesse? That is very cool. Chiseled cross. I've found ones that have never been found, and you know, there's always a question about it. But uh, it can mm -hmm. it can be kind of fun to do. I love the I love the old ones, right? Uh, I love yeah. well, I love them all, but I love the old ones, and I love the chiseled crosses and the chiseled squares and the and Erickson's toe, which is a uh, which is a the big toe on a on a statue of Leif Erikson on the Tidal Basin in Washington, D.C. Oh, a cool. Benchmark, right? Wow. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. There's all kinds of really cool benchmarks up in D.C. if you're up there. Right. All right. So then on the there's this other thing. We're not going to get into a lot of detail on this item, but I found it fascinating if people want to read a little bit more. So, you know, you go to the page, you'll find the geocache link, but you also find this NGS data sheet. And you can bring up the data sheet, and the data sheet has a lot of cool info on it. And this is um, so. Talk a little bit about the data sheet and what. Okay, what let's start at the top. Okay. okay, you've got the designation, right? Which is the name, right? The PIN, which is the driving license number. Mm -hmm. It tells you state, county. Okay, mm -hmm. right. The the USGS quad. That's that's the uh, U.S. Geodetic Survey, right? Which is a different branch from NOAA, right? Okay, right. But um, but that tells you that just gives you kind of a bigger okay view, right? Yeah, this one's Greenville Northeast, nineteen sixty-three. So and that yeah. was when that was when that USGS quad was last uh, updated. Okay. 
Now, go down to current survey control, and you see NAD, that's the North American datum, 1983, which is the most recent um, rework of that datum, okay? So this is going to be your most um, accurate information. Okay. And so you can see the position, 33 degrees, 8 minutes, 24.1 seconds north, right? right. right? 96 degrees, yep. 644.7 seconds west. Right. And that's adjusted. That means those coordinates, that's where it is. Boom. It's on it. it. Okay. And it tells you even uh, how high, how your altitude, your. Um, tells you how high up you are from yep. means to level. Okay. 561 feet. So very cool. And then. It'll tell you the last mm -hmm. time they, they checked it was 1961. See, that says the ortho or 1991, excuse me. The orthometric height was determined by the differential leveling and adjusted by the National Geodetic Survey in 91. Oh, right so, here. Yeah. Yeah. Right so here. in 1991, a guy was standing there and checking up off of the other benchmarks that are around in, in, uh, in Greenville. And they use that. Cool. Cool. That's and cool. What's in, well, the other thing I find interesting is that if you go out here, you can actually put in information, and of course, it gives all the information about this particular one. It's in Greenville, southwest corner of the Missouri Kansas Texas Railroad Station, fifty-seven feet north, et cetera, et cetera. But down here at the bottom, it does show there's a recovery note by geocaching, two thousand nine. That's me. And that's you. LPC is Laura, Laura Perky Cox. So recovering a good. Good conditions. So there you are. Now, this is a separate step from just logging in yes. on geocaching. With That's this, you have to actually log into the government uh, website there at noaa.gov mm -hmm. and then submit a report, rec a recovery report on this benchmark. Right. And, um, you know, we try to do that because that, that lets them know, especially when there's a guy that says he couldn't find it. It's like, mm -hmm. well, guess what? I found it. Right. And the benchmark hunting community worked very closely with the National Geodetic Survey in the early days of geocaching to say, hey, we're out here. We're creeping around. We're finding these things. Yeah. And it's on the geocaching website. We, you know, when we, if we find them, we would like to be able to report them. Right. Because at the time, the only way you could report that was they would only accept reports from surveyors. Oh, okay. They changed their protocol and they agreed to accept um geocachers geocachers and so they will say you know are you you know what what is your stash status and it's like i'm a geocacher oh and cool say found 2009 geocaching and then you you put your initials there wow that is so cool so if you do that and send in that report and it's never been found before i mean if it's been found before and reported they don't really care as much right but if it hasn't been found before or it hadn't been found in a long time and you report that then on that data sheet, your information is going to show up there now? It is now. And they do care because, you know, things on the ground change. And mm, okay. so they do care uh, with some of these. Now, they're, they're not asking you anymore for the intersection stations mm -hmm. um, because those are obsolete. You know, you use, uh, you're using your GPS now. You don't need to do all the complicated math and trigonometry and triangulations with the with the steeples and the and the tanks anymore but for the uh for the discs these discs are still being used at least for now right uh okay <clears throat> very cool 
that's some great info, Perky. Um, I like that. Yeah, I've never reported one found before. I found them, you know, geocaching, but I, I think I want to take that extra step just, just for fun, just to see. Uh, well, we always do, and it's been uh, it's been really interesting. Uh, there's a woman there at the at the NGS when they come back to work. Um, her name is Deb Brown, and her job is to take all the reports of recoveries from the geocachers and and enter those into the data sheets. And it takes her a few months to kind of catch up because there's so many of us running around and doing that. Well, but eventually. You'll see your your name and your recovery and your uh, and your initials there, and it's actually kind of fun, especially when the U.S. Power Squadron can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> now those are those are volunteers that were fanned out, you know, several times, you know, over the decades, and their job is to go out and try to find these benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And there was one out uh, in front of the. Um, McLennan County Courthouse in Waco mm-hmm. under a big magnolia tree. Thing was in a pipe. It stood up, you know. A foot tall. It's got the big, you know, cap on the top of it that says USGS benchmark. Power Squadron says, <laughs> "Not there." Can't find it. <laughs> Can you miss it? They're and not so geocachers. And so. in there, it says, "Like uh, I found it. It's it's mm-hmm. you know found as you know covered as described. In other words, you know, <laughs> it's right there. It was there. It was we were we found it right the way right. they said." Right. That's like finding a cache when somebody, the last person didn't find it. Right. It's that name. is one of the best things. Oh, yeah, yeah found it. Easy. Found it. It's right there. Yeah. It's yeah, can. Quick find. You just used my geocaching bush sense, and there it was. Right. That's right. Right. Well, uh, we are going to talk about um, Canada and Great Britain tonight. We don't have a lot of time, but we want to talk about those here in a minute. But I do want to, because I think it's important Perky, for you to explain to folks, because I didn't know this, and I think this is good for people to know, and I'm going to bring it up on the screen so you can describe what we're looking at, because, again, I think this is information that most of us have never um, had before. Okay. This is not a benchmark. No, that's not. That is a reference mark, and it says and it says that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it says, you know, it, it says, you know, right here on the kind of the northwest corner, it says reference mark disk. So it says yeah. U.S. Coast and Geodetic Survey reference Right here, mark. reference mark, yes. Mm. Right. So I th- and it says number two, right? And it's got the arrow and it's pointing. Okay? Yes, right. Now that is for a, what you call a triangulation or a topographical station, okay? Right. That is a series of three or more benchmarks, could be four, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the station is going to be in the center, and these reference marks are pointing at it. Right. And so each one of those reference marks has its own set of coordinates, and then you use the triangulation to set that station. And so that's a, an extremely accurate station because you've got all of these other benchmarks around it to to check the math okay right so there so been- when you find one of these uh-huh. if you, you turn and you just and you walk on that uh same line, line yep you're going to run into the station and if you have the data sheet which we need you know which we haven't really ta- talked about but if you go back on the the data sheet it yep. will tell you how far away the station is from reference mark number two and it will oh. give you direction very cool yeah so the um the 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 cox family has actually used uh 
family members, right, Berkey, who have stood at reference points and said, you told them, okay, start walking. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, and when, and when you get to where you can, you know, you're going to knock your sister over. Right. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You know, because that's where we're going to go. <laughs> right. There it is. Right. It's there. So right. <clears throat> if you find a reference mark, you know, you really aren't, you really shouldn't log you're close. That just, it's kind of just a, think of it as more of a, uh, step one of a multicast. You know, you, you found step mm-hmm. one, but you haven't found the final stage. And so, each one of these has its mm-hmm. own PID too. Right. See, that confuses and, people. I think too, is you're, you're not, this is again, not the benchmark. This is a reference mark. So, but some of them are in GS benchmarks. Oh, they are they? Are okay. All right. So some of them are, they have their own PID, but they are also a benchmark, and so okay. they are in the database. Oh, okay. And so you can log them on B, on geocaching, but most of them are not. Okay. Usually it's the station, and these reference marks do are not on the geocaching database. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Well, good to know. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit, if we can now, and let's um, – Let's talk for a few minutes about, let's start with Canada. Oh, Canada. Our home and native <laughs> land. Uh, you know, I do a lot playing the Montreal Expos. That's yeah, where I learned. Montreal, Montreal. Yeah, the Montreal Canadians. Yeah, there you go. Um, so um, there, and then we'll talk about Great Britain, because I think uh, you found... One that's fascinating, and we'll kind of get to as we start to get to the end of the show. I do want to talk about the ones on a on a bridge for that. But in general, um, what can our Canadian friends? How can they look for, and and how can they look for a benchmark? And how have things changed from? Because in the U.S., benchmarks have never really been secret, but no, in, in, but in Canada, they were a little bit secretive i guess about their benchmarks well it's not just canada it's kind of coming out of that european model um where this was government information for government purposes and and you know why do we want to put all this out there so that people can just come and vandalize or mess with it because this is important stuff we don't want people to be you know chipping on them Mm -hmm. so you know you really did need to have a need to know you know for some of this stuff, you, you know, whether right. it's a survey credential or, you know, a reason why you're calling. Right. Um, and when, when we went to Canada, you know, we wanted to find Canadian benchmarks, right? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do more than just find the border monuments. Although those are really cool. We actually wanted to find real Canada benchmarks. Right. And we used the, uh, we went through the department of natural resources. It's a government website. And we were able with uh, great difficulty to kind of figure out where a few were, uh, in Canada. And uh, we've got there, I am going to look here on my foreign benchmarks. And so we were ab- so we were able to find those and we were able to pick up their, their PIDs okay. you know, with, right. and, and right. then find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and their station names were, you know, kind of difficult for us because they were much longer. Okay. But, but it was worth it to go find those. And, and it, even though the website was was not as easy to use as the one in the United States. Okay. 
but you know, the, in in the years since we had been to Canada, I think they've kind of lightened up a little bit more, and they've added more benchmarks to the database. And I think that you know, it's not as difficult to to find benchmarks now through the government portals as it was when we were starting. So, can any of those be logged on geocaching.com, or only the ones in the U.S.? Only the U.S. benchmarks are in the database for geocaching. Okay, for now. For now. Probably, yeah. Well, forever, because like I said, geocaching headquarters does not love benchmark hunters. <laughs> they may change their mind. Well, you know, you were saying, hey, let's send them a little love. Hashtag. Yeah, right. It's like hey, benchmark hunters of the world. We would like to, we would like you to please help right. us out. Help us out. We can just trade it for earth caches and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not really. We're not. Perky doesn't know about your love, your love slash hate. You love hate because you got both. You love hate. Well, we, we have yeah. earth gashes, so I love my earth gashes. There you They're go. All- so there you go. She loves them. So, but um, but if you if you want, you can like you you do like a spreadsheet. You keep track of them, and I do. Okay, I've got, so, it, I've got it up next to me. <laughs> right, but you, you know um, the the other cool thing is uh, when you find them, take a photo and and share it on on uh twitter or instagram or somewhere because those are cool when you find them i mean you know well, you can now but in 2004 when we started this silly adventure mm-hmm. you know it wasn't any of that right. and uh you know so i have all of my pictures and they're all in files and i've got my you know my photo 9 august 2013 2320 is of mm-hmm. you know benchmark 74 m637 in <laughs> in winnipeg so i can find that picture cool. if you want it man just like that that's awesome yeah. So um, they also do the crow's foot that you showed earlier. Because they are uh, because they are a, a British Commonwealth, right? right? And so they're going to do things kind of the British way. This is this is the common crow's foot, right? Right, right, exactly. So, uh, but they also do the plate benchmark, um, like okay. the British also do, which which are metal plates. I, I can't draw that. It's a That's metal okay. plate, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's a rectangle, and it actually does have that bench where you can stick that pole. Oh, okay. And it will say OS. BM for, okay. for that's the Ordnance Survey benchmark, right? And it'll have the name on it. And I found a couple of those also in London, uh, over around the Imperial War Museum. Oh, and yeah, and so that's a good, good, good segue to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit first about the uh, the Blackfriars Bridge. The Blackfriars Bridge. Yes. And well, what you found when you got there? <laughs> well, we were, were we were going to walk the, off of we were over uh, staying near uh, the Waterloo Station, and so mm-hmm. Blackfriars is not that far, and we wanted to go to the Blackfriars Pub, which has been which was part of a monastery back in the Middle Ages, and okay. um, so really wanted to go there, and uh, so we were walking down the Blackfriars Bridge, mm-hmm. and I looked over to the side, and there is a crow's foot benchmark on the bridge, right. and I was very excited. So I took a picture of it, and I'm standing looking at my picture, and I look up, and there's another one right across the street. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah. How, well, how, is, it, how is it across the street? <laughs> because in the United States, you put your benchmark, and then there may not be another one for a lot of miles, right? Right, but, exactly. But they put those crow's feet in the United Kingdom. They, they've got two at the front. And right. then as you walk all the way down the bridge, there's two in the other end. 
Right. So that's that's four benchmarks on one bridge. <laughs> and I learned that they, you know, that there's there's four or five of them on Victoria Station. There's four or five of them on the Commerce Building. There's, you know, there's lots of them all over the place. I am not making this up. Okay. Mm. Think about this. Wrap your head around this. <laughs> there are three of these chiseled into the rocks at Stonehenge. Oh, seriously? Really? Seriously. Uh, Illuminati. But I couldn't get but I couldn't get close enough to take a picture of it that where you could see it because they did oh, they yeah. got sometimes more. they sometimes they'll put black paint on them and you can see them really really well. Right. But this time you couldn't. But I so I could see them, but I I couldn't take a picture of it and I was just you know I thought well that's really kind of horrifying if you think about it. <laughs> right. Somebody chiseled that into a monument. Like, really? You can't just put that yeah. like over here you've got you know put it on there <laughs> oh my lord right uh, uh and then finally something else that's interesting because if you really get into history which jesse and i and you knew as well uh love history so much that mm-hmm. you also found something else that i found interesting and that are, are these they're london coal tax posts yes so what's a london coal tax post because i think they're, this real, is they're real cute they're <laughs> uh, they're iron posts and they're and they're painted white and then they have the 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 coat of arms of the city of london on it right mm-hmm. which is the the red cross right and they uh they're about about hip high on me so you know okay. few feet tall. Mm-hmm. and they are the they mark the boundary where if you were bringing coal into the city mm-hmm. you had to pay a tax <laughs> if you pass so, that mark, you're right. You're and forced. they were they were installed, I think, in the eighteen I don't, I don't even know eighteen seventies, eighteen ninety during the during the reign of Queen Victoria was right, when they right. did that. Wow! And I learned about those um, on waymarking, and so I was going to absolutely have a London coal tax post to my credit absolutely. when I when I left London. Right. And uh, I used, uh, you know, because I had such a hard time using the British government um, ordinance survey for benchmarks, I just used waymarking, um, mm-hmm. the UK benchmarking uh, community over there. Right. Very good about, about putting all those crow's feet around and, mm-hmm. and plates. So that was helpful. Cool. And then London Coal Tax Post was its own category. So cool. we were out there poking around in, in fence hedges, and it was just a nutty time in the dark <laughs> looking for a London Coal Tax Post. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Of all things, to try to tell somebody, uh, ma'am, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking for the London Coal Tax Post. Okay. Yeah. What? We actually had a guy ask us what we were doing in the hedge, and he says, "Well, you know, it's down there on the, uh, you know, next to the Thames." And it's like, "Yeah, well, we or the Trent and the yeah. river." And I, yeah, we've seen that one. Now we're looking for this one. Right. This is a different and thing. You're helping us, you know. That's awesome. Well, cool. Um, so, so somebody in the chat room has got a question. Yeah, I'm supposed okay. to ask about Coast Guard types. You, what do you mean, Coast Guard types? You mean like navigation yeah, I don't you got me. I don't know. That was their question. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, there are a lot of benchmarks um, along the coast. There are lighthouses or benchmarks. Those are intersection okay. stations, mm-hmm. but they may also have, you know, the flat disks associated with them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the, uh, the navigation beacons, the, the day, the ones with the day boards on them, those mm-hmm. are going to be uh, benchmarks. Um, if you have, um, 
if you have lights along a jetty, a lot of times those will be benchmarks because they're things that aren't going to move, right? You know, channel yeah. markers or benchmarks. All of those are intersection stations. I guess some of those going away. Some of those that they were talking about, um, uh, Perky, is the fact that I think that the um, uh, the Coast Guard set up some of their own benchmarks, and that you were talking about earlier wow. that there are um, some different like you're talking about cities might do some states might do something. Apparently the coast guard created some of their own. Well, so did the army Corps of engineers, for example, there's oh, okay. an army Corps of engineers, uh, benchmark on the Jefferson street viaduct in downtown Dallas. Oh, okay. And, and a lot of those are done along floodways. Those are for, uh, those are to monitor, um, the river mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and just see where the flood flooding is is for hydrographic studies. Right. Right. Um, you have tidal benchmarks that are, that are monumented by the national ocean survey. Some of those are also in the national geodetic survey. They've accepted oh, those. Okay. They have, they have the, the level right level of rigor on the uh, latitude and longitude. Not mm-hmm. all of the titles are in there, but some of them are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can always tell which kind of benchmark that is. Cause it'll say national ocean survey and they'll say tidal benchmark. But it, like I said, it might be on the uh, on the NGS as okay. well. Cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, um, Jesse, can I can I take two seconds just yeah. to say? Yeah, go ahead. That, okay, we we kind of touched on it very briefly, but I yeah. really don't, don't want to leave before I tell people that you know benchmark hunting can be dangerous. Oh yeah, and, we we were going to talk about that. I remember that. And, and so when you're if you're going to be a benchmark hunter, you know because geocaching will not let you place a cache on a railroad bridge, you know, over the Mississippi river. Right. But there are benchmarks on railroad bridges and sometimes Mm. they're at the center of the bridges and sometimes they're on the ends. You know, so, you know, use your discretion, use your good judgment. You know, I used to think that it was okay to go look for these um, railroad bridge benchmarks uh, until I was in Richmond and I got off the railroad bridge and what listening for the train just to come by I got off the railroad bridge and then a train blew right by me about three minutes after I got off the bridge. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was that Richmond had a quiet zone. And so that train was never going to blast its horn. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so, yeah. No notice, right? Very, very dangerous. Yeah. Now and, this sounds interesting a little bit. T5 benchmarking. <laughs> T, I like T, it. T5 right. benchmarks. Not cool. Not, Not cool. cool. <laughs> well, and, and there's also uh, Perky. You talked about that some of them have uh, are have uh, lids on the, the li- and lids guardians, the- right? And if oh, you have yeah. a lid, if there's a lid on anything out in the in the wild, Hogan something something's going to figure out a way to get underneath that. That is correct. And, have, and right now they have modern benchmarks that are metal rods, and they are encased in a sleeve that has a metal lid on the top of it, and you flip over the lid, and then the metal rod is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, along, with, we, along with who knows what else. Well, let's see. What have we found in those in those metal rod? Mm-hmm. We have found spiders. We have found mm-hmm. tarantula uh, exoskeletons. We have found black widow spiders, live ones. Yep. We found... Uh, what looked like a little uh, scorpion tail to me. I didn't look at it that closely. Right. I was out of there. Um, we found small grass snakes. Yeah. Right. We yep. found all kinds of little bad things in there. Right. Um, and the same thing when we were talking about the benchmarks along the roads. You know, if they're in yeah. West Texas, I have my stick and I run my 
I run my mm-hmm. stick around and I've had jackrabbits run at me and I've mm-hmm. had all kinds of things that you can just kind of see them slithering away and then I'll lean over and I'll take a picture of that benchmark. Yeah, so really it's just like we've tell everybody else uh, or, you know, is that uh, just like geocaching, if you, you know, you don't stick your hand inside of a, a tree without right. knowing that there's absolutely nothing in there that's going to bite you and or you don't turn over a rock just without with your hand or something you know that's like you said you bring a stick with you use it you know and use your use uh, caution wait we're well, not we supposed to do that we flipped a <laughs> lid over in uh in the winter time in virginia mm-hmm. uh, for a unique disc type there at the university of virginia in the winter time winter okay? right winter time right which is when in that's your best time to go geocaching right in texas because everything's dead or so, dormant, right? So we flip that lid over, and who's on the bottom of that lid but a black widow spider? Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. I just totally did not expect to see that thing. I lost my mind. I admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Perky will Perky will jump and scream if need be. I and I and I did, but you know, I, I just want to say again, you know, yep. stay off the railroad infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's way I, I almost slid all the way down. A, a railroad embankment and went flying in landing on a concrete culvert chasing a chiseled square mm-hmm. in Bastrop County because I'm standing on the railroad ballast and it was a lot of it. It was very high. And then all of a sudden it gave way yeah. and it's mm-hmm. sliding and I'm going and I'm going to go over the culvert and I'm landing and I'm mm-hmm. by myself. It's, you know, and nobody knows that where I am, right? Yep, dangerous, uh, way too dangerous. Yeah. And so I just, I just, I spread out. I spread out as far as I could, right? And I'm going along. Slow yourself down. And I see, and I see a, a little twig, and I grab this little twig, and I thought I'm going to pull this little bitty tree that's this wide <laughs> out, and that thing held me. Wow. I don't know how, and I can't. And it was within two feet, and I, my feet were about to be hanging over the culvert, wow. and I was able to kind of my little butt yeah. over that and yeah. get on something that was a little firmer yeah no you're right that's that's a that's a good point so uh jesse were you gonna say yeah we got another question and this may have to be explained burnt turtles asked if there is an update or something coming up in 2024 for the uh, national geodetic survey um yeah it's on their website i think you probably saw that uh, okay that was, is that what that's from yeah there's an NG, okay i saw that on their website uh we may have to go read more Perky. I'm not sure uh, what exactly that is, but they they update their stuff. 2022. Quickly. There's a new datums coming out. Yeah. Okay. And that's. Gonna I don't know if that'll to translate you. to geocaching, but that's probably just for them, right? Well, it'll affect um, it'll affect the benchmarks because it's going to essentially, you know, probably render a lot of benchmarks obsolete uh, unless they can uh, unless they change up all the data sheets to reflect that new datum and the new uh, coordinates. Yeah, here's Uh-oh, the... so benchmarking could get hard really soon. No, it's going to be it's going to be the same. It's just going to be you're going to have another step if you're a professional. If you're just a geocacher, you know, do you care that you're whether you're using NAD24 or NAD83? Doesn't matter. No, um, not. So that's going to be a that's going to be a full time job for the government guys to, mm. to update all of those yeah. uh, data sheets. But it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't really uh, do much for us out running around. Uh, because we're not using a lot of times these coordinates anyway. We're just either we're kind of tripping over them or we're 
you know, we just kind of got our GPS or our iPhones to kind of get us in the general direction. And now we're bushwhacking. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Very cool. Or, or digging up courthouse lawns. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So be careful doing that, too. We did have trouble. a cop ask us what we were doing once, and we told him we were looking for a benchmark, and he, you could tell he didn't know what that meant, but he decided that it was sounded fairly harmless, and so he said, well, have a good day. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm moving on. Yeah, it's uh, like, I don't want to deal with you guys. Y'all yeah. look pretty harmless. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse, you want to, anything else you want to mention We're gonna as we wrap up tonight? Yeah. We uh, we barely scratched the surface tonight too, and it's obvious you have tons of knowledge on this. Um, I, I didn't know much about benchmarks, and then I went to uh, GeoCoin Fest in Nebraska. I don't remember what year that was, mm-hmm. but one of the breakout sessions they had there was about benchmarks. Oh, cool! And uh, tons of information, more than they could even cram in in like forty five minutes. Right? It had somebody that. Uh, Mm-hmm. that worked for USGS maybe or was involved on that side of it and really explained kind of what you scratched on today, you know, and we could talk for another three hours on all the different um, types of benchmarks and yeah. where they are and what each thing means. And that data sheet has tons of information on it. So it is actually pretty exciting. Um, and it ties into geocaching because it's on your geocaching page. Mm-hmm. Um and there's challenges out there for it, and there's tons of waymarks for it, and mm-hmm. it, so it is tied into the game. It's an offshoot, but everybody has their own favorite thing. Um, but maybe get out there if you haven't done one, get out there, try one, just see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Some of them are are pretty fun, and and they're pretty vague. The information that's on the sheet, if somebody hasn't found it before, so it's it's kind of like a letterbox or whatever. Get out there, try one. Maybe uh maybe even get out there, find one, take your picture with your coin in your hand. That'd there be cool. Go. Then yeah. it stays there forever. <laughs> <laughs> Green or black or whatever coin you have, take it's it out coin. there and, yeah. and that'll be there forever. So everybody that ever sees that will be like, oh, what's that coin? That's oh, cool. What's, Geo, what's Geocache <laughs> Talk? Yeah, what is but that? But get out there and give it a try anyway. I mean, they're pretty fun. I, I yeah. found some and I think I'm going to go find some more just Absolutely. for fun because I haven't done any in a while. So. Well, yeah. great places just to go if you, uh, if you just want to kind of maybe trip over one would be uh, train depots, city mm-hmm. halls, uh, post offices, uh, yeah. you know, or just call your local surveyor in your city and say, where can I find an NGS benchmark? And they'll, right. you know, they'll let you know, and then you can get into it. Yeah. Can I get cool. one more, one more little, sure. There we go. He's discoverable Christmas tree. Oh yeah. There it is. Bring that up. Yep. Yep. There it is. GXYDEQ. Definitely. Yep. Please. Do that for her. Yes, I please. just put it in the uh, chat room too. So thank you, thank you, and we would love to have everybody discover her Christmas tree. Yeah. And I'm happy to come and talk to you. We didn't talk much about the history of bench benchmarking, how mm-hmm. it how, you know, how it started, and uh, how long it's been. It's been part of this country since before this country was a country, right? Because we were talking right. about the Mason and Dixon the, line, That's the colonials, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you know, there's there's a lot more to talk about, and I'm I'm happy to come back if you guys ever want me to. Yep. Oh, absolutely. We think that'd be it'd be another cool show to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much, Perky. You've been it's been fascinating and, and been great. Um, we really appreciate it. That <clears throat> um, I sent you, Gary. You can do mm-hmm. whatever you, you want to put them on the website. Whatever yeah. you want to find. Yeah, we'll put them on our Instagram. I'll put put a bunch of those on the Instagram as well. Kind of help uh, people. Uh, sort of increase the awareness as well because i think it's fascinating uh and uh, I, would, I would start with benchmark discs yeah 
discs. The regular Before discs. We get into the weird ones, the meridian stations, the astronomical stations, the chisel squares. <laughs> yes, okay. Yep, yep. We'll All have right. to, uh, we're going to have to get some more information uh, put out there eventually. There's no doubt about it. There's so yeah. much more to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's all we have time for tonight. So, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, upcoming shows, as I mentioned, uh, Steve Weeks will be on uh, next Sunday. Um, the uh, talk about the travel bugs and the sort of the resurrection of the travel bugs, and and uh, we're gonna play some songs, or he's gonna he's gonna sing us some travel bug songs. And uh, if you ever listen to our audio uh, podcast, you'll hear the travel bugs at the beginning. Every week, uh, he does a little geocache talk song, so um, that's kind of cool. And uh, then the next week, we are uh, not going to have a show. It's Super Bowl Sunday uh, for you uh, that are international, because we have a lot of international, uh, many mm-hmm. countries, over sixty countries, listen to the show. And uh, it's kind of a rite of passage, I guess, in the U.S. We celebrate the super bowl because a lot of people have parties or different things that they do we people love to watch the i love watching the commercials as well as the game <laughs> some right. people love watching the halftime show because there's always a band on it's a maroon five so i don't really care personally but uh, <laughs> some people might enjoy that uh but anyway um by the way it's uh pats and rams this year in case you're wondering patriots won that game that we uh miss, I, we missed the second half with on that one jesse but that's okay mm-hmm. uh and then in three weeks uh we've got something special so once in a while we do a topic because we, we we always try to have we have cool guests like Perky on, uh, but once in a while we'll do a topic. So in mm-hmm. three in three weeks, uh, show one thirty five, we're going to do something interesting. We're going to battle Nano <laughs> Nano versus Ammo Can, David versus Goliath in That's a battle right. battle royale in the ring in the octagon. Nanos versus a, a Nano versus an Ammo Can. We're going to see who wins, um, and we're going to talk about it and. Uh, We'll uh, we'll referee and or we'll be the the judges of that and uh, we'll uh, score that bout and just and I'll right. talk about nanos versus ammo cans. So anyway, uh, all right. Uh, well, um, hopefully you enjoy the show tonight. If you have any comments, uh, email us geocache talk at gmail dot com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, we're really working hard on all that and also Facebook, Facebook dot com forward slash geocache talk uh this show can be found on itunes stitcher TuneIn radio spotify and uh also always uh you can go out to the geocache talk website geocache talk.com uh show notes are up there we have a lot of cool this week we'll have a lot of cool show notes for sure lots of cool mm-hmm. links that you want to get to um don't forget to click on the subscribe button below and ring the bell down there so you will get reminded uh when the show is on uh, every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved uh, with us. Uh, you can be involved in the live chat room each week. And uh, it's always hopping. Right, Jesse? Absolutely. It was, again, tonight. Tons of stuff going on in it. That's cool. Yeah, that's what we love having the chat room uh, to discuss what we're talking about. And so it really kind of is cool to have that. So, all right. Well, until next week. Don't just talk about geocaching. Go find a benchmark and label it, right, like Perky show (laughs) it, and go geocaching. Good night, everybody. Good night.